and and in this specific instance where we have what happened on that podcast and the way I see it you just have your industry mates trying to come out and defend people and it's just like this isn't this isn't that this isn't it no shut up all of you your industry friends you can all shut up and go to hell that's just how I feel about it shut up and go to hell Hi everyone, welcome to the Black Canvas podcast. This is episode 38. So I'm just going to let you know off the bat that what we had planned to discuss today is not going to happen. On this podcast, like you know that we discuss trending topics, current events, and yeah, as soon as something happens that we're doing this in real time. So the world is moving very quickly and yeah, there's a lot going on. So just wanted to say that off the bat that this episode is not what we had planned, unfortunately. Um, but here we are. So before we get into it, um, so you got just got me and Dems today. So Dems, how I think I know the answer to this question, but let the people know. How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, I I am physically and emotionally exhausted. Half half because of the news that's what's happened over the last twenty four hours. And half because work has kind of like sucked the life out of me the last week. But do you know what? I'm here. I'm alive. I have breath in my lungs and my heart beats fully. So we move. We move. We move. Um, Any highlights of the week? Uh, My highlight of the week, getting through last week. It was, last week was pretty full on with work. We had um, a lot of RFPs come in that we had to work on, which meant that basically the RFBs are the priority because that means we get a foot in the door when it comes to getting to clients. So, and again, it's happening this week as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of, um, not necessarily pressure, but yep. it's just a lot of hyper-focus on mm-hmm. like two or three RFPs at the same time. And everyone is kind of involved. So you've got people in marketing involved and I'm a content marketing manager, so I do a lot of copywriting and content. So that's a large part of the RFP. Then you've got salespeople involved because they're leading the um, the pitch. Then you've got um, the director of sales. And then you might have like the CEO or someone else senior mm-hmm. um, just to kind of like oversee certain parts of it. So it's like the height of collaboration. Yeah to be honest but mm-hmm. um, yeah we got through it last week we got a couple Good. of RFPs out the door I'm working on another one this week as well mm-hmm. um, but the the stress is a lot a bit less this week because there's less RFPs there's just one this week so but um yeah I just getting through last week to be honest because I slept a lot during the weekend yeah and <laughs> I could t- I, I know I'm busy when I I hardly reply to people like the group chat, our group chat is probably the only the only message that I reply to, to be honest. Really? Oh, I feel so honoured. <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I mean, I know what you mean. I'm in a few chats and they're all muted except our one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just when I'm so busy and I, I can't reply to um, people's messages all the time. And obviously with my ADHD, mm-hmm. seeing messages makes me feel really overwhelmed. So I just put my phone to one side anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah this weekend I started like messaging loads of people as well so 
yeah my highlight of the week is just getting through last yeah. week to be honest yeah, yeah. i hear you yeah what about you how are you feeling um similar to you i'm very i'm very very tired and i feel like i'm just constantly like juggling between various emotions you know i'm like i yeah. again we're gonna get into it but just having to kind of like go in and out of switching on and off because yeah. at the end of the day you know we 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 have to work and we have to take mm. care of our kids and we have to do things and jumping between being switched on with what's happening and raising awareness and looking at such horrific gruesome images and then jumping from that to sending an email yeah, yeah. or picking your kid up from school or making a sandwich yeah. or very mundane things that you just do in the full knowledge that what's happening in Palestine it, it's 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 a bit of a mindfuck Mm. um so yeah so there's that and I and again if I'm yeah highlight of the week I would say that my son was really unwell last week as you know and then I then caught what he had (laughs) so I would say my highlight is that we got through that (laughs) (laughs) because I cannot imagine like you're a parent already and you're doing all the things that parents do but then now you're getting sick every every month. You're getting yeah. sick because the child is sick, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I can't imagine. It's oh. it's yeah, it's a lot. So I'm just grateful for being able to get through that, and then just to yeah move on. Um, so yeah, we 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 are thankful for the little things. Um, trying to yeah. find joy wherever we can. So we are going to go right into this week's episode. As I said. This is completely unplanned because obviously every time we do an episode, we have an outline of what we're going to discuss and stuff like that. But there has been a lot that's happened over the last 24 hours, last 48 hours and trying to kind of wade through all of that. So we've had um, in the last 24 hours, um, the bombing of Rafa. So if you don't know um, what, where Rafa is, um, it's the southernmost area in Gaza. So it's at the Egyptian border. So most people in Gaza went there because the Israeli government told them to go there. They said that that is a safe zone. So they've told Gazans to go there. Go there and you will be safe from the bombing. But we know that Israel have done that multiple times where they have said that a particular place is safe and then they bomb it. What's significant about Rafa is that it is the southernmost, is the furthest you could go, basically. So there is nowhere to go. That is it. Rafa is mm-hmm. the end. There is nowhere else to go. So you have 1.5 million Palestinians there sheltering, right? Many of them are wounded. They are sick. They are orphaned. They are grieving the loss of family members, friends, and they are just trying to get by, right? With whatever little they have. And Israel have openly said, this isn't a secret. They didn't just bomb them secretly while everybody was watching the Super Bowl. They had said this openly, that they were going to invade Rafa. Mm. And for a lot of political leaders who have been supporting Israel up until now, I think there was a collective, oh shit, maybe this has gone too far. (laughs) And some of them have started to do a shameless U-turn. Absolutely shameless. Very shameless, but not shameless enough to stop them selling arms 
sending arms, sending aid, billions of dollars, billions of pounds to Israel. It hasn't stopped them. Are actually, are actually saying, please, guys, ceasefire now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're openly saying to us that Israel, we are not in support of this. You need to stop doing this, but not enough to actually stop sending them arms. So, and and the thing is, do you know what I find particularly um, disgusting about that is Margaret Thatcher, that witch, yeah, she suspended all trade in arms with Israel in the eighties because. So could you imagine that's Thatcher, that, that witch? Could you imagine that ghastly goblin? That witch who is currently seated by the right hand side of Satan right now, yeah. Right. She, she stopped. Because she thought that is the Israeli operations in Lebanon was, was too much. Yeah? So even Thatcher was able to suspend trade with Israel. Right? And now we know that Israel, according to the ICJ, there's plausible... Remember that word? <laughs> plausible. <laughs> we broke down that word a lot, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. We broke that down, so we know what that really means. We know what it really means. There's plausible grounds for genocide, and the UK have not issued an embargo. This country... But guess what? If if someone bombed central London, it would be arms house, wouldn't it? If someone dropped one bomb on central London, you would hear it all day, all night. People would be talking about it. Look at 9-11. Every year we keep hearing about we keep hearing about 9-11. It was yes, it was horrible. It was a very, very horrible, horrible thing that happened. But that was just two planes on one building. Can you imagine? 600 bombs in New York over 100 days. Could you imagine 600 bombs over London over 100 days? Trust. We we don't know. We don't know anything about ghettos. We don't know anything about poverty. We don't know anything about trauma. We don't know anything about suffering. We don't know anything about hardship like Palestinians do. So please, please, please don't ever open your long throat to ever say what's what ha- what's happening in Palestine isn't an issue, because it it was one hundred percent an issue. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, it that in it that in of itself is not wrong. Do you know what I mean? We should never forget these these tragedies. Yeah, we should always remember people. Um, they should be immortalized. All that kind of stuff. They will never let us move past nine eleven, and rightfully so. What happened was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. But do you know the difference here? Is because this is what you get when you dehumanize people. Where exactly. you have, because we have been bombed in the UK. We have, you and I, we lived through it. 9 11, we lived through that, right? Until this day, we are never allowed to forget that. Right. And, and again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We should remember these things, right? But the reason why people in the US and the UK can be immortalized in that way and remembered and all that kind of stuff is because of white supremacy. Exactly. That's why they, they, are, they are they are they are worthy victims. They mean something, right? And they do. This is not me saying they don't, but but Palestinians don't. Arabs That's don't. The thing. That's the Muslims thing. Brit- don't. Black people yeah. don't. British lives mean more than Palestinian yep. lives. And then when we talk about British lives, we we're talking about a certain type of British people. Exactly. You can even double down on that. Right. This is the function of white supremacy. This is the violence of white supremacy. It dehumanizes people and it makes it okay 
for horrific things to happen to them. That is why people can scroll past dead bodies of children. It's where people can scroll past of body parts. And I've seen body parts today that look the size of my children's hands. Right. They're blown to pieces. And you see that and you're not moved by it. You're not moved by it. And the reason why you're not moved by it is because a lot of work has been done to desensitize us, right? To to dehumanize these people. So it doesn't really seem that bad. You're you're detached from it, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen that already because this episode is going to go a little, all over the place, guys, by the way, because as I say there's no structure. We're just going to go with it. Yeah. But yeah. this is why you get people running jokes on the con- on the on the genocide that's happening in Congo. Yeah, let's get into yeah. that. Let's get into that one. This is where it all comes. It all comes from the same place. If you successfully dehumanize a set of people, their suffering becomes acceptable. Exactly. And it becomes accept acceptable to the point where you feel comfortable to run jokes on the suffering of people. And then you feel you feel comfortable to co-sign that joke by just letting that joke run without questioning yeah. it. Yeah, and and that's and that's what we're seeing. There's there's a massive, and we could even do a whole podcast episode on this topic alone. But there is a massive disconnect between the diaspora and Africa. Mm. Massive disconnect because we know that again that one of the functions of white supremacy is dehumanization. And we know that black people, Africans, have been dehumanized for centuries. Like we were, we were cargo, we were cattle, we were property. We weren't, mm. we weren't actually classified as human. Legally, we weren't human. Legally, we were owned, right? We were property. That has continued. That hasn't stopped. Mm. So these are the things that we as people, as even us, we can we are affected by white supremacy. We are also conditioned. So we've been desensitized to the suffering of Africans. It's almost as if like, we've now just come to accept that that's just what happens there, right? Mm. And we see it, we're not moved by it, we don't feel it. We don't feel that pain, we don't recognize that pain because we don't see them as human. They're images on a screen. And actually, if you do the work to unlearn those things, you start to feel that pain. You start to see yourself in these people because they're human, just like you. And that's the thing, that's the thing about about seeing yourself in other people. Like there has to there's definitely a disconnect when you don't look at another human being that's going through suffering and going through pain and you don't see yourselves in them. And especially within the diaspora, these people literally look like you. You know, out of all of the genocides that are going on in the world, to literally not feel any connection to the people that are going through genocide, that literally look like you, that literally have the same skin tone as you, the same texture of hair, but you are living the quote-unquote best life, and they are going through the most worst, horrific conditions you could ever imagine, and you don't see yourself in them. That's quite sick, that's quite disgusting, and that says something about you and your character. And then to have that go on on your podcast where you're just making jokes it's actually quite disgusting and duplicitous behavior and it just speaks to the lack of education the lack of morality the lack of love and empathy that you have i'm just going to be honest an egregious lack of love empathy and moral fiber 
because you can't just sit on your platform and joke about people who are literally dying for your benefit, literally dying for your benefit, and you're making jokes on your platform. And then you've got the absolute gall and effrontery to apologize. And then now you're trying to please people's feelings. It's like you're in the wrong. If we want to be angry and if we want to cuss you out, hold your L, hold the shame, because it's through the shame. And I'll be honest, through the shame and through the flogging, that is where you're going to have to learn. Do you know what your parents used to say? If you don't want to learn the easy way, you're going to learn the hard way. Some of you that have platforms, some of you Black British content creators, some of you need to learn the hard way. And if that's going to be the way, then so be it. So be it. There are books out there. There are websites that you can look at. Say your cute apology, but then go away and do the reading. Go and do the learning. That's all we want you to do. Right. And there is a lot of learning to do. I think that the level of ignorance that I have seen specifically around Congo is actually is alarming, is alarming because it's one thing to genuinely not know. Right. And that's fine. Right. We can't know everything. But then to speak with such authority on something that you don't know on Mm. that it's 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 disgusting. It's disgusting because people and and in this specific instance where we have what happened on that podcast and the way I see it, you just have your industry mates trying to come out and defend people. And it's just like, this isn't this isn't that this isn't it. No, shut up. All of you, your industry friends, you can all shut up and go to hell. That's just how I feel about it. Shame and go to hell. Same. I think I, I I I'm not entirely surprised by some of the comments, but you still get taken aback by the absolute effrontery to speak with such authority on something that you actually know nothing about. Right. And this was specifically directed to the Congolese community. And again, mm. people people have a lot to learn on like what solidarity looks like right or what being like humble looks like or what unlearning looks like or just what being quiet just be quiet what what that looks like because that apology was specifically for the congolese community and it's only for the congolese community to accept or deny exactly right it's only for them to accept or deny and if and people should know this we're all adults right at least I hope so. You should know that if a, if an apology is given in, sincer- in in all sincerity, then you know, right, that that apology, you're not owed forgiveness. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. First and foremost, you are not owed forgiveness, right? Like there was this theme that a particular person was trying to run that, you know, this was becoming a bit of a dog pile, right? And if the person has apologised, then what more do you want, Right. And I'm thinking, well, first and foremost, if the apology is sincere, then you give your apology. What happens next is out of your control. Do you know what? First and foremost, all we want is for you to shut up. Let's be honest. There we go. That's all we want you to do, because this has nothing to do with any of you. Mm -hmm. I was so angry (laughs) seeing these series of tweets over the weekend because I was just like, who do you think you are? It's just like, like... like there is a time and place, right? And in terms of having this conversation around a dog pile and whatever and all the rest of it, look, outrage here is perfectly justified. 
Right. Right. There is a difference between there are in some instances where outright outrage is perfectly acceptable. And there are some instances where a conversation is perfectly acceptable or, or, or a conversation is what should happen. Making fun, running jokes on a genocide of people who are being ruthlessly slaughtered in the most unimaginable ways. Like you, you cannot fathom the suffering. You can't. You cannot, there's nothing remotely funny about a genocide. There isn't, right? So you hold that. If you're genuinely sorry, you hold that. And this for me is just indicative. Like it just represents the scene, right? That nobody wants to hold anyone accountable for anything, mm. right? And at the end of the day, if you don't want to hold your friend accountable or you want to save face because you don't want to burn bridges or whatever, then be quiet, right? Be quiet. You don't. That in itself is spineless and it's cowardice, but but be quiet. Exactly, because you've been quiet the whole time anyway when it comes to these genocides that have happened. So why don't you just carry on with what you were doing before? I, I was, honestly, I'm telling you, I was so angry because there is, we already feel such helplessness. I've just, ne- I've never felt this hopeless in my entire life. And we were saying this before we started to record, but I'm in no way suicidal. Like I'm not, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to be here. Right. Like, you know, when you just think like, I don't want to be in this. I don't want to be a part of this world where this just happens because what people don't seem to realize is that if we live in a world where a genocide because it's not like these political leaders are allowing this to happen they are funding it <laughs> there's a difference right it's not like they're not allowing this they are funding it right so we are now ushering in a new world order here where actually anything goes right. anything goes right the, the the moment that it is deemed acceptable for over twelve thousand children to be blown to pieces Like, who wants to live in that kind of world? Like, I don't want to raise my... Like, I almost feel guilty for bringing children into such a disgusting world. Like, what... Like, this is the world we exist in. This is the world we exist in where we cannot compel our political leaders to do the right thing. Where we all go to work every day. Many of us are working in places that we often have to hold our tongue. Mm-hmm. often have to uh, often have to cold switch have to deal with the just the you know the standard like british bullshit and i'm paying taxes right that are now going to fund a genocide yeah i'm complicit in a capitalist structure right that is extracting minerals from congo that are using child soldiers and raping women like i'm complicit in all of this unwillingly i mean i'm complicit in all of this like none of us are free from any of this right I only just finished paying back slave owners in 2015. Now I've got to continue paying Israel. Mm -hmm. It's like the bullshit never ends. No, it doesn't. And I think that I was watching a TikTok the other day where she said, um, once you become awake to it, you, because she said she was sort of speaking along the the same line, although she was suicidal at a point, but then she went to Palestine and she felt that Palestinians saved her life and what, all the rest of it. But she was like, when you finally wake up to the world you're living in, it's horrific mm. because you see, you see the injustice everywhere. Mm. Like mm. once upon a time, staying up late to watch the Super Bowl seemed very harmless, right? 
seem just like something that you would do. Your favorite artist is performing at a halftime show, one of the biggest sporting events in the world. Um, you don't see it as anything more than that. But the moment you wake up, you see it for what it is. Right. And it's hard to get away from that. So when people say things like, you know, let people enjoy things. I mean, we're the first ones to say we did a whole podcast on finding joy. Like we like we get that, of course. Find joy in your life. You need joy. You need balance. But if the joy that you seek doesn't align with your politics, then it's all hollow. Right. Find joy with integrity. Because we all know about the NFL and what they're all about. Just the way that they treat their players anyway. And then you had everything with Jay-Z. And it's just like, but you know that the NFL is racist. But then here you go with this black millionaire wanting to co-sign everything. And it's like, that's when you should have... That's when the red flag should have been um, going up. That's when you should have sidestepped supporting the NFL. But now... Now your eyes are literally being ripped open. And even some of you are just sitting there watching it like, oh, let me have my fun. Let me have my fun. Have your fun for what? At the cost of human life. It makes no sense. At the literal cost of human life. Didn't Israel um, give the NFL money to put on ads during the Super Bowl? Yeah. And then literally at the same time, they're bombing Rafa. Mm -hmm. Make it make sense because it doesn't. And you're still there part participating in it, partaking in it, but you're talking about your joy. Your joy is built on the backs and the suffering of dead children, murdered children. Is that the kind of joy that you want? Because that's not my kind of joy. I saw the corpse of a child hanging from a bombed building and their legs had turned to ribbons of flesh. Yeah, no legs. That's the one, yeah, that's the one I saw as well. Like, just a child. A child. While your faves are dancing up and down. Right. Cosplaying as activists, exploiting images of liberation and freedom. See, see, this, see this is the thing, yeah? Like, because there are always conversations about whether, like, influencers or celebrities or powerful people or wealthy people should should say something and I know I know we've also gone back and forth about this on our podcast about you know should they shouldn't they but you know all the rest of it and like I think my stance on it today is if you're not using that power and influence and whatever to speak about the genocides whether that's what's happening in Palestine Congo Sudan all of the devastation that's happening around the world, if you're not actually using that for good, then you're using it for evil. Exactly. And I think people need to accept that their favourite entertainers and celebrities and sportsmen or whatever, right, they're not just like harmless entertainers, right, just dancing up and down the stage with balloons and whatnot. Like They're not harmless. They have influence, right? And we need to reconcile with that if you want to be able to enjoy whatever it is that you find joy in without any guilt, then perhaps you should start somewhere that doesn't make you feel guilty. Right. Because that feeling that you feel is your humanity. It's your conscience. That is what that is. And the more you ignore it, it, it like I, it eats you up inside because that, because that's what that is supposed to do. Mm. It's supposed to push you it's supposed to push you 
into recognizing that okay this is this is wrong this doesn't feel right breakthrough moments come in moments of uncomfortability and that's where you should be right now it should be uncomfortable the same thing that we tell white people when it when when we tell them about you know sitting with your guilt the, the conversation should be uncomfortable because it is for us every day so it should always also be comf- uncomfortable for you so we can have a holistic conversation and it's the same with this you should feel guilty about buying concert tickets for your faves when they're not doing anything there should be an element of guilt there and it's up to you to interrogate that guilt and if you don't interrogate that guilt yourself because no one else is going to do that for you then you're just going to sit there on the fence for what and then you're going to look back at your life and be like oh yeah I was on the fence please your fave has released an album today when there's been a, over a hundred days of a genocide, let that sit with you. They don't give a shit. They don't care. Like I, I think it's, I think it's so vile to be so to be. It's not even tone deaf anymore. No, it's to be in such a bubble that like you you just get to disengage and pretend it's not happening. You're going out of your way to pretend it's not happening. Like, what is that? Like, ever since, right, Israelis made Break My Soul, like, their theme song. I don't listen to that shit. I can't. I'm so sorry. No, same. All I have is that image of them, like, dancing around the destruction. And it's just like, it doesn't feel the same anymore. None of it feels the same anymore. I'll be honest. None of it feels the same anymore. Like... If you have that much power and that much influence, I just I just don't understand why you haven't said anything about it. And I'm not just talking about one particular person. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's it's everyone. It's everyone. It's everyone. Um like your fave Usher Raymond was singing and dancing and twirling at the Super Bowl, knowing what the Super Bowl is all about. Like make it make sense. They don't they don't give a shit. And I feel like at, at some point before like that was fine it didn't matter it just but now I feel like like if you haven't been fundamentally changed by like since October right haven't been fundamentally changed since October like I I don't want to be around that kind I don't want to be around you I I don't want to be friends with people who haven't been affected or moved by it in some way I don't want to be friends with people who haven't taken the time to examine their politics since then Mm. I don't want to be around people or associate with people or follow people who haven't been affected by it in any way Mm. because I just I just think that like seeing the images that we have seen that kind of apathy is dangerous to me it's violent to not say anything is to be complicit in the actual violence that's going on. And you, people need to speak up. People need to move with integrity. And it's not like we're saying that we're better than anyone else. Because we're not. No one's better than anyone else. But it's just like, if you can't move with some level of integrity, if you can't sit with that guilt and make better choices with that guilt, I'm just like, what is the point of you? Literally, like, what is the point of you? If you can't see other people's humanity when they're literally being bombed and then you've got the audacity to say, oh, I don't even know what's going on on your own platform 
during a during a broadcast and you put your hands in your head in shame laughing behind your hands and saying you don't know what's going on what have you been doing for the last three months if you don't know what's going on you are you literally under a rock no you're not you're just intentionally avoiding what's going on because you don't want to lose your views or lose your sponsorships or quote unquote get cancelled maybe run that risk of getting cancelled because at least when you've got zero money in your bank account, at least you can say you stood up for something. At least you can say you stood up for humanity. Do you know what I mean? I just, I yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I think that, um, I think we're at such, I think we're, we're at such a critical and crucial time in in humanity, really, where this is happening and it's business as usual for a lot of people. And I think that a lot of different like industries and people need to stop and read the room for a second. While because there is there's literally a, cri- a crime against humanity is unfolding literally on our phones. But there is nothing, there is literally nothing more important that in, than what is happening in Rafa right now. There is nothing more important than what is happening in Congo right now there's nothing there is nothing more important your new album your performance like none of your get ready with me like none of that is important (sighs) and you and you know like the, the frustrating thing I think us kind of trying to exist in like this black British space even though we have carved a space for ourselves yeah but one of the things that I find is that like naturally as Brits like we tend to be a lot more reserved so when people show such passion about something, um, they get ridiculed. Mm. Or it's like, oh, relax, man. Yeah. Like, until it's too late or until that becomes the tone of voice that everyone has to have. Yeah, like, it, it, it's it's weird. Like, you know, a couple of years ago when what happened, that George Floyd happened and there was a lot of protests and there's a particular video of um, John Boyega, right? And he is crying, and he's really passionate about um, black men and black women and, mm. you know, black men being there for black women and are supporting each other. And he's crying and he's very, very passionate. And at the time it was received and all the rest of it. A few years later now, there are people making fun of that video on the timeline. And I'm thinking to myself, what's so funny about that video? Like, do, uh, are we, like, are you a goldfish? Like, you uh, uh, is your memory, like, that short? Right. That it must be. And and this is what I mean. How it just all comes from the same place of just the immaturity, the apathy, the the reluctance to feel these feelings. I just I really do I really do feel that like humanity is is doomed. I feel at, at this point in time, I feel that we are doomed because this is the world that we've ushered in where nobody at a political level at any like can can stop it's not like this is 50 years ago right where or 100 years ago where news of these things by carrier pigeon like a week later and oh yeah. shit it's too late you know we could have sorry. saved them sorry i'm laughing because it's all absurd i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm just and of course like do you know what i mean like you know when like wars would happen and you know you wouldn't hear about it until a few days later because yeah. you know you have to send a carrier pigeon or whatever like we Instagram live, yeah, like in real time. We're seeing this in real time, yeah. The ICJ told Israel, "You got one month to fix up." Israel said, "Fuck you," and and bombed worse. Right. Not only did they say that, the next day, the UK and the US cut funding 
to the the only aid agency. But they've got the cheek. David Cameron's got the cheek to say, "Oh, may- maybe you've gone a bit too far." Yeah, but you're still you're still giving them arms. So what are we doing? What are we saying? It's just, and I think you touched on it earlier about sitting with your feelings. I think living in this country and having the government that we have, they've somehow allowed us to not be able to sit with our feelings for too long. Because if we sit with our feelings for too long, we'll break. Because, like I mentioned before, we started recording. Like I've still got to, I've still got to pay the mortgage. I've still got to sit back at my work and do emails. I've still got to do this, that, and that. Mm-hmm. You know. But meanwhile, people are being bombed. But I can't be distracted with that for too long because I've got responsibilities for this house. And it's right. like, if I'm distracted by the responsibilities of my home, then I don't get to feel. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't have so much responsibility for like literally food and electricity and a mortgage and making sure my work is done, then actually I might be able to sit with my feelings and actually process what's going on and actually make better decisions, maybe make better political decisions. Maybe you do the research for other things that I need to do research for so I can form objective opinions you know everything is we know everything is all linked you know mm-hmm. capitalism white supremacist patriarchy like literally forcing us into work 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 even during covid it was like yeah you have to stay in but you know you've still got to do some do you know what I mean like yeah, we, never, yeah. we literally never got a day off to just sit and process our feelings and you know how we're navigating not even just COVID, it's like just navigating life. Everything is just so stressful. The pressure is on 10. And we just live in a society where we are just forced to keep working, keep pushing, that we don't actually sit with our feelings. And I think that has something to do with it as well. Just people not sitting with their guilt, sitting with feelings, sitting with stress. And I think a lot of the times is that the gov- our governments and our society doesn't want us to because if we break, that's it. That's it for the top 1%. That's it for the people that have power. Because when a country breaks, when its people actually breaks, then it's riot season, really, isn't it? And that's not what the government wants. No, and I, th- I think that's even why... I Because I've always believed that if George Floyd was murdered in a normal year, I don't believe that we would have had the global um, call to action that we did mm. because George Floyd was murdered at a time when we were forced to stand still. Yeah. Right. And to actually pay attention because George Floyd was not the first black man to be killed by the police. Right. He wasn't the first and he wasn't the last. Right. <laughs> he just happened to be killed at a time when the world was forced to stand still and to mm. take it in and to pay attention, right? And that's what's happened. So at that time, everyone was forced to watch it. Or even if you didn't watch it, because I've never seen it, right? I've never seen it either. Yeah, like I don't need to see it, but you were forced to take it in, to feel that. And a lot of people for the very first time, like as in a lot of non-Black people for the first time, Mm. actually stopped and paid attention in a way that they haven't really had to before because us just by just by virtue of being black like we're we're more likely to pay attention to these things mm. because it's our everyday it's our reality 
whereas many non-black people get the privilege and they get the luxury of not not having to really engage some of these things but what we saw with George Floyd, it was was no, like no one could have, no one could escape it. And there was a global call to action. Uh, you know, we know what happened after that, black squares everywhere and whatever, whatever. But so I completely get what you're saying. Like, I think that, that that capitalist structure is really about keeping us all in line. Like, you know, I totally get it. Not many people can afford to risk their livelihood, mm. but they can't. And I completely get that. Um, and, and that's why when you get people, and again, we saw this quite recently online, when we, people talk about what's happening in Congo and they just reduce it to, well, you know, if you cared so much, then you're, well, you wouldn't have an iPhone. Mm. And that is such a reductive and a very insulting way and offensive to look at it because, A, it shows that you're very ignorant to, to what's actually happening. And, and if you actually cared, you would take the time to educate yourself on what's happening. Mm. So there's that. Second of all, what's happening in Congo is extremely layered. And we've already said this on Twitter, but we would absolutely encourage you to all listen to Momadou's podcast. He, ha- I think we, we've spotlighted, we did a spotlight for him before. Yeah. But the podcast episode that he did where we had a guest on, um, oh my God, I can't remember his name. Is it Kambele? Yeah, it is. It's Kambele, yeah. Yeah, where he breaks down in such a digestible and easy way to understand what's happening in Congo. It's very layered. It's been happening for a very, very, very long time. So all of these, all of these things, right, again, it, it links back to white supremacy and to capitalism, but it makes us all complicit and there are varying degrees of complicity mm. because we said this before, like there's, there's not a lot you can do. There's not a lot you can do without a phone or a laptop, particularly if you are a tax paying functioning member of society, mm. there's not much you can do, but of course there are ways that you can, you know, reduce your complicity, but it is frustrating when you realize that in some way or another, we, we are all complicit. And I think one of the steps in, in terms of like, I guess, unlearning is understanding, you know, your level of complicity and how you can, what you can do to help, or at least be more aware and more conscious. Mm. But in first and foremost, you have to challenge your ignorance. Exactly. It all starts with you. But you can only challenge your ignorance if you know you're ignorant, <laughs> you know? And that's why sometimes it's good to get, you know, a good cussing out online. Yeah. And do you know what? And also it's like... Who died of insult, man? Like, I... you know what I mean? Like, every if you say something dumb and if you offend people, this is what's going to happen. Mm. Like, this whole, like, oh, you know, don't counsel, don't counsel. I'm just like, no, we, like, this is, you, being held accountable sometimes doesn't look pretty. Being being held accountable is not pretty. But it's no. what you do with it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the law of cause and effect, or as I like to call it, the law of cuss and effect. Like, literally, you're going to get cussed out, and it's just like, okay, so what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Do you go on the defence and tweet even more stupidness, or do another response video, you know, doubling down on what you've said? Or do you shut up, and you listen to what everyone has said, you take that into account, and then you use that to learn more? And to learn about the situation and to hopefully in the future 
because it's not going to be today, it's not going to be tomorrow, it's not going to be next week or next month or even next year. It's a journey of being accountable for your actions and doing better. It's a lifelong journey. And once you lean into that, then the cussing doesn't really mean anything because deep down you know that you're sorry and you know that you're learning. And when you're learning and you're taking accountability, part of that is showing that. But you do that naturally. You do that organically. You don't do it forcefully. But when you know yourself, the cussing that you got like a month ago or a year ago, it doesn't really affect you because you know in yourself that you're doing the work. And when you actually do the work, people will actually see that you're doing the work. But you have to actually take accountability for your actions first. Oh. It's like speaking to children sometimes. I'm just like, are you not adults? I I mean... The sad, the sad thing. I mean, they are, but a lot of adults are immature, and I just think that a lot of people just lack empathy. They don't, they don't. I think if you're that speak to someone's character, if you are unable to empathize, and it speaks to someone's character, if you are unable to see the humanity in people that don't look like you, mm. I think those are the two things for me that are really important about people if you're unable to empathize and if your politics only goes as far as people that look like you or people that you identify with that to me is a huge character flaw Mm. because that that whole rhetoric when october 7th happened and a lot of black people were like oh well you know there are other things going on you know in the caribbean and africa and it's just like uh First of all, yep, that's true, but you haven't even mentioned Congo in that. But also, yep, there are other things going on in our retrospective countries in the diaspora, but people are still getting bombed mercilessly. Like, have some goddamn empathy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they look like you or not. We're not doing oppression Olympics. Oppression is oppression. You just need to, you, you don't have empathy. And that's, and I think it's something that we've also talked about before going to these marches because we've been to all of the marches and not seeing as many black people as we thought we would have. Mm-hmm. Because we, at Black Canvas, we see the same oppression that's happening in Palestine. We recognise that oppression. We recognise it like it's ours because the, the, the oppression is the same. You know, the tools that are used are the same. The way that it's coded is the same. The language that they use is the same as the oppression of Africans. That's exactly how we see ourselves in them, even though they don't look like us. But for you to not see that and to not be out on these streets, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That That's what it always comes down to for me. And that's why I've always found it, um, I don't want to say easy, but I think that because I just, I see the humanity in people first, I recognize that you're a human being mm. first and foremost. So that's what we have in common. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. that's what we have in common. You're a human being. You're a human being that deserves the same rights as everyone else. You you deserve to live your life freely. You de- Your choices, everything about you deserve that. And I think that every human being should always fight to protect that. Mm. because if people can be 
if their rights can be taken away because of a particular characteristic about that person, right, whether it's their race, their religion, their sexuality, whatever, like, I don't know how people don't feel, like, scared for their own, for themselves, just because that particular, just because whatever that is, is not something that I identify with, that doesn't mean that it couldn't be me either. So that's why it's so important that your politics extend beyond yourself, because, a threat to freedom anywhere is a threat to like freedom everywhere. Exactly. That, that, that's the whole point. That's why it's so easy or it's not difficult to fight for the freedom of Palestinians. So it's not difficult for me to fight for the freedom for, of Congolese people. It's not difficult to fight that, that the LGBTQ community have their rights and their freedoms and they get to live the way they want. Like it's not difficult because they're human. Exactly. And I was going to say, how dare you beg to be seen when you don't even see Palestinians? How dare you beg to be seen when you can't even see people being bombed mercilessly and think, damn, I need to stand up for that. This is how freedom, this is how we get freedom by solidarity. This is how, this is how, where it comes from. Any of the rights or any of the freedoms that, you know, any of us think we enjoy today came because people stood together. And, and, if, and when you don't do that, th- this is what happens. And I really hope that we're, we're speaking to someone um, because even now, as we're discussing this, um, we're, we're, just, we're just literally pouring our hearts out. Like, we're, like I said, we just, none of this is planned. Like we're just, this is a reaction. This is a reaction episode on what we've seen over the last 48 hours and just basically talking through that like you know where do we go what like because the frustration is 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 it almost feels like mental torture at times Mm. because like I don't want to look away but I need to look away but I don't want to look away but I need to look away like and then you look away and then you feel guilty for looking away and then you look there and you're thinking oh my god these images need to sit with me and then you need to switch off and go and do your life and today they what there was um an emergency protest outside of parliament in response to what's happened in Rafa. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that was called within hours. And the last time I checked, there was um, over 2000 people in London. That was with what minimal notice, what a few mm-hmm. hours. It was literally a few hours. Cause I saw that post at about mm-hmm. four ish. Yeah. This just speaks to the mood at the moment that even some people maybe who who weren't even that moved by it. I think there is definitely a little bit of a shift because it's so blatant now what's happening. Like even though many of us saw this from months ago, we saw right. this months ago, and it's unfortunate that it's taken over thirty thousand dead for some people to think, "Wow, okay, maybe this is a genocide." Um, do you know what I mean? And then the, the just the blatant of it, like. Israel like launched an ad campaign about bringing hostages home during the Super Bowl, right? Just openly. And, but they want to present themselves as victims, yet you have the money and the power to be able to launch an ad campaign at the Super Bowl, which is one of the largest sporting events in the world, right? You know how many millions of pounds you need to have. Yeah, to be able to run that. You're going up against Marvel. Disney. And then hours later, or even during the Super Bowl, you are carpet bombing Rafa, right? And then also what has happened in this last week is that Hamas 
presented to the Israeli government, to Netanyahu, right, a ceasefire agreement, right? Very reasonable agreement. If you haven't seen it, go and Google it. It's very, very reasonable, right? And that ceasefire deal would have brought the remaining Israeli hostages home, right? And then many of the families of the Israeli hostages welcomed the deal, right? Because at this point, many people are like, do you know what? Enough is enough, right? Mm -hmm. Enough is enough. Let's just end this. And even members of his own war cabinet wanted to consider this ceasefire deal from Hamas, right? Netanyahu rejected that deal because all he cares about is eradicating Gaza. Exactly. That is the goal here. So, of course, he's going to reject any ceasefire proposal, right? Because his plan has not finished. Mm. And this is what our political leaders are supporting, this is what our political leaders are not only just supporting because they're not they're not innocent bystanders who are just like, oh, OK, Israel, do what you want. But come on, not not too much. They are funding it. Your taxpayers money. Right. That we currently do not see in our NHS. We do not see in our in any of our public services. They want to privatize all of our services. Right. We are underpaid, overtaxed. And they're sending that money to Israel to bomb the shit out of Palestinians. That alone should have all of us up in arms, literally. Literally. But what are you doing? Tweeting about Beyonce's new album. Oh, just... That means not. No, you should. Honestly, I'm taking a break from Beyonce because we went to her concert that we spent hundreds and hundreds of pounds on and then we went to watch her movie of the concert that we spent hundreds and hundreds of pounds on and then we had a whole year of watching everyone's videos on Twitter and now we're getting another album and it's just like, can we all just relax and just take stock of what's going on with this world? And like I said before, this is not just about Beyonce, this is like all celebrities. It's just like, it's all celebrities, it's all influencers, it's platforms, it's organisations, it's charities, it's feminism groups, it's mother and baby groups, it's everyone. like religious leaders, it's everyone who has ignored this. Everyone yeah. who has ignored it. Like how can you how can you just go on with all the power and influence that you have? How can you just go on as business as usual? Like I don't get it. So do you know what I'm doing? I'm just not engaging in in people's platforms. I'm not engaging with people with artists if they're not, you know, saying anything about it. Like I've got no problems disengaging with an artist. Like when that whole thing with P Diddy came out, the the first thing that I did is that I looked at every single song that that guy has produced and I said, "Damn, my favourite albums, I'm going to have to not stream. Luckily, I have some of them on vinyl so I can play them without giving anyone any money. But like, Mary J. Blige, My Life, one of my favourite R&B albums. I'm not streaming that ever again. TLC's Crazy Sexy Call, one of my favourite albums. I'm not going to be streaming a lot of tracks on that album. They're all produced by P. Diddy. Total, one of my favourite girl groups from the 90s. Not listening to that album. Like, there are plenty of albums that I'm literally like, they're not getting any streams because that man at some point is going to get some of that money because we know his contracts are tight. So do you know what? I looked through all of the list of songs and I said, right, I can't listen to any of those songs. The same thing with R. Kelly. 
R. Kelly has penned bare hits from people that we know and love. I haven't streamed any of those songs. That first Aaliyah album, I haven't streamed that album in well over a decade because we know the jig is up with that guy. I can do the same thing with any other artist, but I think we need to have we need to have this sort of integrity. Like I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else. I'm not at all, but I just but can't. You have, but everyone has to. You have to start from somewhere. You've got to start. That that's yeah. how I start. Yeah, you just maybe just big, start from somewhere. It may seem really big. It may be like a bit too much for people, or it may not be not that deep. You can still stream the music, and you can separate the artist from the music. I'm just like that's bullshit because the artist is very much part of the music. So I can happily just like not stream people if if that's what it takes for me personally. That's where I start. Yeah, yeah. You you just have to start from somewhere, and I think it it actually starts by allowing yourself, if you can, to feel certain things. So I I'm I feel very uncomfortable playing "Break My Soul," right? For example, I haven't played that album in a while, actually. Yeah, and and I allow myself to feel that. I can't just sit there and listen to that album and feel good. No, knowing that, oh, I just can't. Yeah, it just, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the same way. Um, and also, like, I know I mentioned this, I think I mentioned this on last week's episode or whatever, when we spoke about the Grammys and I talk, I spoke about how artists like are not real anymore. Mm. Like real artistry wasn't about back then anyway. It actually wasn't about ignoring what was happening in the world. Uh, every other day there was a song about... right. It- getting your power back or anti-government or do you know what I mean even like even like outside of like the genres that we listen to yes there was a lot of songs that are political movements anti-capitalism anti-system do you know what I mean yeah anti-establishment right a lot of songs were almost political movements yeah they use their artistry to engage with the world and to ref- and it was almost a reflection of what was happening in the world. Don't get me wrong, of course, you have your happy-go-lucky songs that are just about mindless entertainment. We do need that, of course, right? <laughs> Artistry didn't ignore world atrocities, right? Because mm. at its core, at, human beings are like should be naturally empathetic anyway, right? We should be. So artists are not exempt from that. Even even if you just pluck Michael Jackson, for example, a lot of his songs. If you look, if you go in, you know, back in the day when you'd buy like CDs and stuff, you open up mm. the booklet and you get like, I know now you can just Google it, but like <laughs> back then you could just read the lyrics. And these are some powerful lyrics, mm. very powerful lyrics that were a reflection of the time. Go back to some of Michael Jackson's songs and understand and look at the year and it, you will know, that, okay, what was happening in that year? You could listen, listen to one of his songs. Mm, context yeah right listen to one of his songs but now it, it like it's almost as if like and this isn't entirely the artist's fault um you do again it, it ties back to capitalism it's almost like they have like hijacked that part of artistry now um mm. everything's about money and the bottom line the dollar line and it's like we don't want to risk yeah. anything do you know what i mean it's like yeah and you know, they've taken that away from some of the artists artists and now you see a lot of artists um I saw an interview with Maya the other day where she was talking about she wasn't prepared to basically sell her soul until she went she's been independent and she likes that freedom Mm. 
Um, and she's done really well, and she's yeah. made some really good music as an yeah. independent artist. She has, but I think that like we all have to start from somewhere, and you just need to figure out what that is for you. But for me, my politics has evolved a lot over the last few years, and I think definitely since October, it has evolved quite rapidly. And it's, it's forced me to challenge myself on a lot of things. It's forced me to challenge myself on the kind of content that I consume. It also mm-hmm. forced us as um, our own platform. It forced us to like challenge, okay, what kind of content do we want to put out? You know, like mm-hmm. who do I want to be aligned with and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it has fundamentally changed me. Um, we went to my first protest Mm. you know and I've been to many since then it's pushed me in ways that I don't I don't know I didn't feel that I needed to I felt that you know donating and raising awareness online and the small small things I was I felt that that was enough but it got to a point where no I didn't feel like that was enough anymore and many of us have almost heeded to that call to be like we want to do more and as much as that's a beautiful thing, it is also very sad that what it's taken, but for, I mean, us, to for us to, yeah, for us to get yeah. here. Um, but ultimately, in order for evil to prevail, it does take good people saying nothing, mm. doing nothing. And that's what's, and that, that, and that I think is what kind of keeps me going. I don't feel like, I don't, I don't feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Like that whole, like black British mentality of not doing too much, don't be a beg, blah blah. blah. Like no. Oh fuck that man. <laughs> like oh, I don't, I don't. Come care about... on the beg and what? Yeah, I don't, I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> no, it's just dumb. It's just I'm not twenty one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like not in year nine, not even twenty one, right? not in year nine. Um, and, and you know what? A, a great example of how far we've all come is go and watch the. 2019 general election episode if you're listening watch the episode and listen to all of our views but well tops and tops and myself because i don't think tiffany was on that episode was she no i don't think so so go and watch our views tops and i on that episode the general election in 2019 and it is what we are saying then is Mm -hmm. totally different to what we are saying now Honestly, wildly different day. I go yeah. do you know what I regularly go back and watch that that episode just to laugh because what <laughs> what life were we living back then I'm telling you like but but the thing is as well is I actually I appreciate the growth oh so much I appreciate the growth and that's and that is what life is all about do you know what I mean I literally I mean, laugh at myself watching I laugh at myself because I'm like wow mm-hmm. And even then, I was, I was, I was a bit more progressive then because a lot of the things I'm saying now I said then, but even then I've grown so much. We have, we have, and and that for me is, um, I think that's important mm. because I'm not, I'm not going to be ashamed or embarrassed about views that I had like nearly five years ago. Yeah, exactly. That was literally five years ago. Yeah, so. I'm not because. When you when you know better, you do better. And with new information, views may change. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And you've said this before, that we are all a student of life, mm. right? You don't 
at when you turn 30 you that's it I've cracked it I've you know I get my diploma of life and no <laughs> like you are forever learning and unlearning and evolving and all of these things you're doing that until the day you die or at least you should be mm. you should like you you shouldn't be standing still you should always be learning and and that's been that's really important for me so we are fortunate that we're actually able to go back and actually watch some of these videos and actually see what our state of mind was like then and mm. see the progression you know five within five years I've read a lot more I've been exposed to new books and even now, even though we've always kind of known about Palestine, it was just something that I didn't really, like five years ago, I wasn't really heavily in tune with it. I just, I knew about it, but not to the degree that I do today. Would you have ever thought five years ago that you would be able to stand up in front of people in the middle of the street and literally debate with them about Israel? No. I never would have thought it. No. Because I would, I would never have. I would have always said, "I'm not touching that." Yeah, but we did it. Calm, cool, comfortably. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago. Yep. That is growth. It if is. that's not growth, ugh. It is like I feel very confident to have a conversation, and that you're right. That is that is wonderful growth, and that is what keeps us alive. Mm. Do you know what I mean, like. You're not, you're not just standing still. You're not sitting in your ignorance because it's not a sin to be ignorant. Do you know what I mean? Like you will be ignorant of certain things, but what what is the, the tragedy is that people sit in that and don't take the time to unlearn that. And we all need to keep doing it. And I am mm. grateful and I'm happy to see that more, of, more and more of us are doing it. What does that now do for our hopeless feeling about what's happening around the world? I mean, we're not going to we're not going to find the answers to any of that in this episode, but it does make me think like what do we do now? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like what do we do now? I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm I'm usually we we always try to be more like solution based in our content and at least say okay fine this is this is shit but keep doing this or keep doing that but i'm going to be very honest I, in this moment in time i'm i'm not usually one that's lost for words <laughs> yeah like today the last 24 hours like you know me i'm always like you got to do this you got to do that write to your mp go local blah, blah, blah. but now i'm just like i'm just ready to go to bed i know i know the only thing that i can do right now is go to bed that's the only thing that I know to do. That's the only choice that I know to make. We're literally, we're literally taking this day by day, minute by minute, because, yeah. I just, I genuinely, like, I was on the train and I was so, I was fighting back tears, right? Because I was like, like I said, again, like I'm not suicidal, but I, in that, in that moment, I was like, I do not want to be here. Mm. Like, what is the point of any of this? I do not want to exist in a world where this is okay. Like, this isn't. This shouldn't be allowed to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, we all. This shouldn't be allowed to happen. It, like, how can this happen? How? Like, the, like, I, I've all you've I've always known that there are evil people in the world, but you you you're almost comforted by I don't know the the, the delusion that evil people do evil things in secret. You know. Mm. okay we it's happening but we don't we can't see it so you kind of you kind of feel safe in that delusion or that ignorance Mm. but what scares me is how emboldened they are 
It's not that yeah. evil people exist because I know evil people exist, right? I, I we've seen it throughout history. I know evil people exist, right? It's their it's the boldness of their of their evilness that scares me. Mm. That you're not even you don't even care to hide it. Do you know what I mean? Like at least if you took steps, not, not that it makes it any better, but in my mind when I'm trying to rationalize the fact that evil people exist, you think, okay, at least they try to evade authorities, yeah? They go to some kind of trouble to hide what they're doing. But no, it's just in plain sight. Now. It's in plain sight. And not only is it in plain sight, no one's doing anything about it. So it's like, okay, so do we now just exist in a world where an entire government can wipe millions of people off the face of the earth and the nation that I pay taxes in funds it and I'm just supposed to get on the train in the morning and go to work? And this is why we said in the previous episode why we shouldn't be voting for Labour and Conservatives. This is exactly the reason why. Because we need to we need to mess the system up. If I'm going to be living in this messy system, then they need to be living in the mess too. We can have like a messy government. Let's mess it up for them. Mm-hmm. If I must be down in this mess, they must come down and be in this mess too. Mm-hmm. Let's all be mad together. I've, I've, we've got nothing to lose. Let's all be mad together. We sh- oh, Yeah, yeah. Um... I think this is the first time where we've literally been like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have, <laughs> I just, I, I tried to wrap things up in a way that's like, okay, it's shit, but at least you could do this guys. I'm telling you now, like I'm, we just, I need, I, I think we, I just need to sit in this. I, I don't, I don't know. I need to sit in this. I think that you fit the nail on the head. We need to sit in this. Just like we said before in the middle of this episode, we need to sit in our feelings and literally and really think about what's been going on here. Mm-hmm. That's all I know to do Out, outside of continuing to share as much as I can. Because um, mm. somebody tweeted today saying that, um, yeah, these images are gruesome and they just don't know what else. They don't know what use it's doing anymore because people don't care. People don't care. And I said, I'm not necessarily sharing the images for those people to care. Yeah. Right? Palestinians have asked us to share this, right? One thing I've learned about Palestinian people is that they are very humble people, right? Mm. They don't they don't they don't like to show their suffering because they are they're very humble and they're they're a proud people and they should be, right? But they are doing they are sharing their 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 nightmare with us and many of them are risking their lives to share as if their lives are not in enough danger as it is. Exactly. They are putting themselves in even more danger by documenting it and putting it out to the world. The very least we can do, right? If you're feeling hopeless and helpless, the very least you can do is to share it. That's the very least. And you would have done something. Mm. Even if you're not going to protest, write to your MP, any of that, the very least is you can share a story, right? You can retweet, you can do, that's the very least that you can do. And if you're not even doing that, then... What is the point of you? That's, I I always come back to that. What is the point of you? (laughs) What is, yeah, what is the point? Like, we saw in Congo, I know we said we're going to end, but I'm just going to end on this. Like, we saw that a man 
put himself, lit himself on fire, lit himself on fire because he wanted to draw the world's attention to what is happening in Congo. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that someone has lit themselves on fire so that the world can see what's going on? Like, that to, like he lit himself on fire and, like, nobody... He made that sacrifice to say, I need to do something that will get people's attention. Like, it's not enough that we're seeing videos of kids, like, using their bare hands and stuff like that. Like, he he had to create a spectacle to get us to pay attention. That's what people are doing. They are they have to create a spectacle for 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 what our entertainment. Like do you know what? Like this is what this is what the world has come to, creating a spectacle in the most gruesome way. Do you know what that is? Some set themselves on fire to kill themselves in that way. That's torture. But he did it for our benefit, so that we could take notice. So the least you can do is share it. That's the least. It's not too much. That's the least that you can do. This is what the world has come to, that human beings have to sacrifice themselves in the most gruesome way to get your attention. So how dare you not share? That's it. That's all you have to do. So that's how we're going to end today, because sometimes life is not wrapped up in a nice, neat bow. And that's where we are. We're going to leave it there. Have you got any last words, Dems, before we head off? Just like you said, if you could do anything, just share the content. Don't worry about what other people think or what your friends think or whatever. Just share the content. That's the least you can do. Because if you can't share it, then what's the point? And on that note, um, thanks for listening. As, as we said at the beginning, this was not planned. Um, we are just literally pouring our hearts out. Um, so we just send love and solidarity to everyone, um, particularly the Palestinian people solidarity to the Congolese community as well we are standing in solidarity with you as well and yes yeah, it's, it's it's free Palestine it's free Sudan it's free Congo and um, none of us are free until we're all free just keep that in mind as you go into the rest of this week take care and we'll be back with another episode next week bye everyone bye